Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you, especially this time of year. So let's talk some Dynasty. On episode number 139, we're going to talk about some of the players that I've drafted uh, here in this middle of rookie draft season like we're in right now. We know it's the best part of the offseason for Dynasty managers. I know I've completed five of my drafts already. I've got three more to go, one that starts tomorrow morning. Uh, Man, when it comes to rookie drafts, it's so fun. And uh, one of the things that I carry as a strategy is I actually don't believe in diversifying my portfolio of players. Instead, the the truth is that if I like a player, then I'm just going to draft him, even if it means that I have that player in multiple leagues. I stick to my draft board and draft the players that I want, even if it means I get the same one on my roster. I like to pick my guys. And so after having done five drafts, now I know how I value players a little bit more than a consensus because there's a lot of players that I've ended up getting on multiple of my teams. Another thing for me is I value veteran players more than uh, draft picks just because they're proven. I've seen them on the field. And so I'm often trading away draft picks. Uh, This year is no exception. I had only one first round draft pick so far in these five leagues. Um, And I don't have a lot of second round picks in a lot of these leagues either. So when I talk about the players I drafted, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to tell you a lot about first round draft picks that I had, let alone second round ones. Um, I traded first round draft picks over this last season for Travis Kelsey, Josh Allen, Alvin Kamara, uh, LaVisca Chenault, and then regrettably for Melvin Gordon and Preston Williams last year. Um, I traded away second round picks to acquire Tyler Lockett, Devontae Parker in two leagues, and Darnell Mooney. And so given those trades... Um, I did not have many first or second round draft picks. Instead, I picked you know my guys in the third, fourth, and fifth rounds of rookie draft picks. And so, just like I mentioned in the podcast last week, I really believe that there's a huge tier at the, in the third round this year, tier break rather, vast vast tier break in the third round this year. Really leaving each dynasty manager to pick whomever they consider to be their my guys. And so. It's no different for me, uh, leaving me with many of the same players on rosters, which I already said is not a problem for me. I'm glad to have these guys, even if it is, on multiple teams. So what I'm going to do in this podcast is just go through uh, the five rookie drafts that I've had so far and really just tell you about the 10 players uh, that I've added to my teams because I've only added 10 players even though I've had five drafts. First player is a Najee Harris. Naturally, this is the one league where I so far have had a first-round pick. Uh, Harris was my only first-round pick so far. And it was my co-manager and I, Dave Brown, uh, we traded Darren Waller to move up to the 1.2 spot uh, where we drafted Harris just after Travis Etienne, who was drafted 1.1. This is a salary cap league with Reality Sports Online, and we had Waller signed for two more years, but we traded him in order to get Harris, who as a rookie has a cheaper three-year contract. And we also really needed running back help in that league, uh, both positionally and financially. And so we traded Waller in, in order to get Harris and Etienne Harris is who we actually wanted the most, um, and, and the, we were really pleased to see Etienne go first and get drafted before him. You know, in salary cap leagues, these running backs actually get drafted a lot higher than wide receivers do, um, just because they break out faster and managers only have them on three-year window in their first contract to try to decide if the player's contract is one that they're going to franchise or extend. Um, so that's why we were really looking for a running back there. 
it did hurt to, to give up Waller. Uh, he was instrumental in our championship run that we had last year, uh, but we're thrilled to have Harris on our team. He's undoubtedly the leading running back for Pittsburgh compared to Etienne or even Javante Williams, who I think they're going to split times quite a bit in their backfields this season, where Harris, and, uh, Harris for us was just a no-brainer pick in this league. The exact player we wanted uh, to make, that wanted to draft when we made this big trade to get up to 1.2. Second player that I'll mention is Rashad Bateman. Um, as I mentioned in the podcast last week, uh, Bateman fell in my rankings after Baltimore drafted him. I just think the passing volume uh, in Baltimore is too low, so I moved Bateman from my number four ranked rookie all the way back to my number 10th ranked rookie. But when he fell to me at 2.1, so pick 13 in my FFPC draft, I was happy to take him here. So I took him in the second round, um, even though I see him as a first round value. Um, I think he was he was drafted to become the possession receiver that Baltimore has yet to find, even though they've drafted so many wide receivers in the last two classes. Uh, like Harris, um, uh, Najee Harris, I do believe that Bateman will be an every-down starter for Baltimore right away from day one. Uh, Baltimore realizes that they have to improve their passing game if they intend to compete with Kansas City and Buffalo in the AFC. I really think that. And so I think while they're still a run-first team, they're going to be increasingly... Um, increasing the percentage of their passes significantly um, for the last two years, I believe, especially when they see how great Bateman plays. Sometimes it just takes seeing a player be great to make you change your strategy, right? I don't think they're going to completely change it, but when they see how great Bateman is, I think they will. Uh, think about Buffalo. They did the same thing last year after adding Stefan Diggs. They became a pass first team last year, and it worked because you had an awesome receiver. And I think Bateman is no, not comparing him to Diggs. Diggs is much better. But Bateman is a great prospect and one of my favorites, even though he landed on um, a bad team. So Bateman was an easy pick for me here at 2.1 in this 12-team league uh, over Terrence Marshall, Kenneth Gamewell, Pat Fryermuth, Kadarius Toney, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Those were all the guys that were drafted after I picked Bateman. Bateman only got in one league. Now we're going to start to talk about some players in the later rounds that I actually got in multiple leagues. First would be Diami Brown. Um, I drafted Brown in two leagues at the 2.12 spot and a 3.5 spot. Uh, Brown is my 23rd ranked rookie, but I selected him with the 24th and 29th spots in these drafts. Um, he's going to have to compete with Terry McLaren and Curtis uh, Samuel for sure uh, for targets, but he was has a much higher draft capital than all the other rest of the wide receivers in Washington. Um, I think that he's going to have every chance to be a start in the, wide, in the three wide receiver sets. Uh, he was a downfield threat in college, having the highest yards per catch of any wide receiver in this year's class, and I believe that Washington will use him the same way. And now that they have Ryan Fitzpatrick, instead of check down Charlie like they've had all of last season, they've got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who likes to throw the ball downfield. And so I think they're going to be able to do so. And Brown's the very um, very you know, type of guy that I think is going to make a difference there. Um, I mentioned that he was at the end of a tier break for me. That's because the player that I drafted... Um, and other times, uh, two more times, is the next player we'll talk about. That's Josh Palmer. Uh, for me, Palmer, like I mentioned last week in the podcast, is he's the last player in a big tier break of round three in rookie drafts. Uh, he's my 25th ranked rookie in my rankings, and he's so he's really the last player that I drafted in all of my leagues with like confident expectations. He's the last guy I drafted. And it's like, yes, I got him. I wanted him. Uh, I traded two fourth-round picks to select him at 3.7 in one league, and then I just drafted him straight up, just fell to me at 3.6 in another, in another league right after drafting Diami Brown. So, in fact, in those two leagues, I now actually have Brown and Palmer in two leagues uh, together. So that's pretty fun. Palmer was one of the biggest rookie risers for me after the NFL draft. 
just because the Chargers drafted him with a 14th pick in the third round ahead of Dahemi Brown even, ahead of Amari Rodgers, Nico Collins, Tyler Wallace, and Amon Ross St. Brown. So clearly, the Chargers like Palmer. They like something about him, and they have plans to use him. And to add to that, the fact that the wide receiver two spot is really up for grabs opposite Keenan Allen, especially a year from now after um, after I believe that they're going to let Mike Williams go in free agency. And so it's a long-term play, but the wide receiver three, he could be on the team, and then a future wide receiver two for the team. Plus, you love that he's paired with Justin Herbert, last year's rookie of the year. I think his future is bright, and he's the last player that I was actually trying to trade up and get and then I just let everything else fall to me um, in all these drafts after that. Next player I'll mention is uh, JV and Hawkins. Um, as I mentioned, I think in last week's podcast, yeah, that he is my highest ranked UDFA. He's number 31 in my rookie rankings overall. <clears throat> and uh, I drafted him in about that spot in, in the, the league that I was a part of. I was able to pick him up at the 37th spot in one of my 14-team um, leagues. And I really picked him up because he had the least crowded backfield of any of the running backs that were left on the draft board at that time. Players like uh, um, Kylan Hill, Jamar Jefferson, Khalil Herbert. I think it's only his size. It's only his size that caused him to be undrafted by NFL teams uh, because of his college production it's in and of itself was incredible. Uh, in this wide receiver class, I mentioned that Diami Brown was the highest yards per catch, but Hawkins has the most breakaway runs among the class of running backs in this year's draft. And I think it just at this point in the draft, it's wise just to pick uh, players that uh, can do at least one thing really well, one thing better than the others, and for Hawkins, that would be his speed. And I think in this league, one of the things unique about this league that I drafted in, um, they have a taxi squad just for the players that you draft as rookies. You, once you bring them up, you can't uh, take them out. You gotta, you gotta keep going. But that's the, um, that's the value of picking him up. I got him now just added to my taxi squad just while I can wait and see if he can actually make something happen there in Atlanta. Next uh, player that I drafted around the same area was Mac Jones. So in one of my leagues, uh, Javian Hawkins, who was one of my, uh, the one that I wanted to draft, he actually got picked right before me in this league. And so I, I had him as my next highest ranked player on my board by far, so I just picked up Mac Jones. Um, even though it's a one-quarterback league, I think Jones is a great value at the 3.8, which is where I got him. In that league, Josh Allen is my starting quarterback, and my backups are Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton. So those two could both lose their starting jobs right away. And so that fact made me even more willing to select Jones there. He's uh, first-round draft capital. I mean, it demands that he's going to play sooner rather than later, um, even though Cam Newton is likely to start the entire year if he's healthy. It is true that Cam's age and his style of play make him very injury-prone, and so Jones is likely to get a few starts uh, this season. And if he plays well, he could actually hold off the job. I'm not thrilled about his pass catchers in New England, that's for sure, but he could change that in the years to come. It's it's more likely to change if Jones actually proves himself early. If he does, then I think that New England's going to start making draft moves and free agency moves to get him some better weapons. Next player that I drafted twice was uh, Hunter Long. I took a stab at Hunter Long with my last pick in two drafts. I picked him at 4.2 and 4.8. His uh, third-round NFL draft capital makes me believe that Miami has plans to use him, even though Mike Kosecki is Miami starting tight end. I really want to see if Miami plans to use him in a different role than Gusecki, or if they just want him to take over next year, because this is the last year of Gusecki's contract. Uh, either way, it's going to take some time for sure to see this play out, and Long's likely going to be one of those guys in the bubble of my roster whenever it comes time to make roster cuts. Um, but Long did have a very productive two seasons, last two seasons in Boston College. He was also a favorite of Greg Cosell. I remember hearing Greg Cosell gush about him opposite or on the uh, Ross Tucker podcast, 
which played a, a significant factor in me being willing to select long here, just trusting in, in what Cosell saw on tape. Next is another tight end. Uh, drafted in two leagues would be Brevin Jordan. Um, drafted Jordan with a last pick in two of my leagues. Uh, he was really the consensus third-ranked tight end by, by the scouts coming into the NFL draft, but several tight ends were drafted before Houston drafted him in the fifth round. So Houston's a train wreck organizationally, and he could have Tyrod Taylor being the one that's the starting quarterback this season. Uh, but even so, someone has to start at tight end. Um, someone has to start at the tight end position in Houston. And Jordan has just as good a chance to play as do the other tight ends, Jordan Aikens, Farrell Brown, Khalil Waring. Um, Jordan really was a, a top tight end recruit in the country at one time uh, as a high school player, top uh, recruited tight end at one point. So he's got the pedigree and talent to play in the NFL. Um, unlike Hunter Long, who I drafted primarily in these drafts based on his NFL draft capital, uh, Brevin Jordan's the opposite. I just I drafted him not because of draft capital, but because of his opportunity that he has in Houston with my very last pick of a draft, of course. Two more guys to talk about. Uh, I drafted Kylan Hill in one league. I only drafted Kylan Hill in one league at pick number 50, so really, really late. Um, I only picked him there because in this league there's actually a taxi squad, like the league I already mentioned. And so if you draft a player, you can keep him on your your um, your taxi squad for a couple years. Uh, he was a favorite of mine on film, so I was really disappointed he got drafted so late uh, by the Packers. Uh, has had a COVID off year. I think some of those things played into it as well. Has definitely buried on the depth chart behind Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, so that's for sure. But Jones signed his long-term contract, but um, in this league, I feel like uh, it's okay that I can just set him on my taxi squad for several years and just see what can happen and was willing to take a risk there at pick number 50. And finally, I drafted and uh, picked up on waivers after the drafts, the, those leagues that I do have that ran waivers after the after the rookie draft. Frank Darby. Uh, Darby is a player that I drafted in a few leagues, and I've added him in every league on waivers since, in every league that has waivers. Uh, because I traded away so many sit and so many picks, I had actually open roster spots on my teams after the draft, and so I could add some players. And I added Darby in all the leagues that allowed me to do it. Uh, Darby was was named a sleeper by Matt Waldman in one of the podcasts I listened to, and everyone trusts Matt Waldman. Uh, his junior season, he proved that he could score touchdowns with eight touchdowns over a 12-game season. Uh, he has the frame to be an outside wide receiver in the NFL and can do things that Russell Gage and Zacchaeus Olamide can't, just can't do for Atlanta. Um, he's a much better fit to take on the Julio Jones-like type of role if Julio gets injured which happened often last season. And maybe one of the biggest reasons why I made this move is the doubt about Julio Jones, the trade rumors that are out there. I think if, he, if Julio does get traded, uh, Darby's going to really have a fair chance to win a starting role for the for Atlanta if Jones does get traded. And if that's the case, the second that Jones gets traded, uh, Darby becomes a very tradable piece on my team as well because people will be much more interested in him at that point. And so I just think it was a wise thing to do to pick up late as the latest one or a guy that I picked up after the drafts on waivers. Well, that's it. Uh, I hope that helped a little bit. Just giving you a chance to hear some of the players that I really value. There's enough evidence in after five drafts to say, okay, yeah, these are some players I like more than others because I've been adding them to multiple teams. Um, I'll keep you up to date on some other rookie draft stuff as we get going. I hope you've enjoyed it, uh, enjoyed your rookie drafts and this season for you as well. As always, make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's at gmail.com. I'd love to interact with you, chat with you about your rookie draft. I'm chatting with someone right now just before I hopped on to record this podcast was helping a, helping a guy with his rookie draft. So we'd love to do that with you as well. 
As always, I do want to become your most trusted, uh, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there, get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.